Welcome to Detangle, where we untangle the complexities of life, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Dr. Kinjal Goel, a health psychologist and a writer. Today, I am playing one more role though, that of a starry-eyed fangirl. For my guest today is the undisputed queen of Indian cinema and a personal favorite. Before I introduce her though, let me tell you what such a prolific film personality is doing on a mental health podcast. When the world was reeling from the recent pandemic, doctors saved lives, psychologists helped balance emotional upheavals. But it was artists like actors and musicians that actually made life livable then. Movies aren't only entertainment, they are a way for people to bond. When a theatre is full and an intense scene plays on that screen, there is a universal consciousness that awakens and everyone merges into one single emotional being. Isn't that what happens when a Maharati takes place too? The power of the collective consciousness awakens. We have none other than Kajol Devgan with us today to talk about the mental health aspect of movies. Kajol needs no introduction really. But in case someone from another galaxy has tuned in, let me tell you a few highlights from her life and career. Kajol's career in films and television spans over two decades. She has won numerous awards including Filmfare Awards for Best Actress in a Lead Role. Yes, in plural. Kajol was also awarded the Padma Shri by the Government of India in 2011. I could really go on and on, but honestly, I can't wait to dive into this conversation now. Welcome Kajol, and thank you so much for honouring this invitation and joining me on my podcast. My pleasure, Kinjal. Happy to be here. Well, let's get started then. So Kajol, you've been in this industry at the very top for decades now. Your fan base covers three generations. How did this happen for you? Did you always have a plan in place or did you just go with the flow? I, I think my life kind of started off as uh, pretty much my whole life has been like, you know, the kind of thing that says that man proposes and God disposes. Mm-hmm. So no, there was no plan in mind, really. It just mm-hmm. kind of life happened to me and uh, I let it and, uh, you know, it worked out beautifully. My choices worked out for me, at least. So, no, this was not planned at all. Um, in fact, I didn't want to get into films because of the fact that I always felt that, uh, you know, my mother worked too hard. And I always used to tell her, I was like, you know, I never want to work as hard as you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was that was where I started off from. But, but I found some wonderful people to work with um, who kind of adopted me right off the bat and, you know, kind of made it their mission in life to take care of me and uh, yeah that's exactly what happened I found the right people to work with that sounds so beautiful (laughs) so tell me you belong to a generation which has now carried DDLJ into 1200 weeks congratulations on that by the way thank you thank you so much but you also now belong to a generation which demands instant entertainment through 10 second reels and 7 second videos have Hmm. you had to change your process you know to accommodate this dwindling attention span Ah, uh, I personally have not, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's just that's just because I honestly am not that invested in social media. As far as work process concerned, I think uh, working has become. Of course, there is an OTT platform. There is, uh, you know, there there are lots of other ways 
true it might but my job essentially has not changed right. a lot of things have changed but no my job as an actor probably i have kept it simpler i know a lot of other people who have probably uh, you know gotten onto that bandwagon but i personally have not so you continue doing what you do best and the rest is history i don't know about history but i hope it's the future as well <laughs> <laughs> of course of course Yeah. Let me share something very personal with you and uh, mm. one of the reasons why I thought of you for this podcast. So my 15 year old daughter, she had a very tough competition coming up and was very jittery the night before. Mm. And she just wanted a feel good evening. So she came into my lounge and played Kabhi Khushi Kabhi Gham and she just curled up with me. I was surprised she knew most of the dialogues by heart. She allowed herself to be completely soaked in by the dramatic scenes, you know, like one more time. Yeah. And this movie gave her that safe space it was predictable it was warm it was like she was with an old friend you know when she's 15 this movie is 22 years old how do you do this i mean how do you create such timeless magic it just didn't go away i think it has to do with um, you know it's uh, it, it just has to do with that time that structure magic is created once and for all you know by all the people involved in it so i can't take credit for it and say that <laughs> it's my magic but yes i was a part of it for sure mm-hmm. um i i think it's everybody combined really and i think uh, you know you when you make something with your whole heart and soul somewhere down the line the camera captures that True. and sees it for what it is i think honesty always comes through so really that yes honesty is timeless isn't it yes it is lovely So tell me there have also been some roles which have not been all uh, you know happy go lucky and they have been intense and mm. as a psychologist i understand that a movie is not just those 3 hours it is right. those you know endless weeks and months that you prepare for your role you get into the mind of the character so right. have you ever played a role which took a toll on your mind for that while but it was worth it in the end um i did a film called udhar ki zindagi actually okay. very long back very early in my career and the film didn't do well mm-hmm. but uh, yeah after the film got over i was i was burnt out as an actor as as in every which way so i actually told my mom i was like you know that's it enough of honesty i'm tired mm-hmm. of doing these films which you know re- require so much out of me i don't have anything more to give right. and um, yeah so i did reach that point and i was burnt out and i was very honest and upfront about it also with my mom and she was quite cool about it and uh, then i was like okay i want to do these i want to do only the next films that i want to do i want to be just doing like four songs and three scenes in a film and i'm done in the film i don't have to put too much glycerin and i don't have to cry <laughs> and i don't have to like you know break my heart in 7000 pieces and uh, you know be there so much be so present so that's what i did and then i kind of gradually learned of course over a process of time how to um how to keep just enough of myself back and yes. um, and and that really helped me that i think is the true technique of of an actor because you can't be honest on your 33rd retake you know right, it's very difficult to be honest and be so uh, you know there out there and so present all the time it really really takes a toll out of you and um, and that's something that that that's just so emotionally draining that it's it's like you're exhausted you feel like you've run like a you know um, 42 km marathon in the burning sun by the end of it mm-hmm. and um, yeah you're done for the day 
So yeah, yeah, like I said, as an actor, that these are the techniques really that you do to conserve just enough of yourself so that you have technique as hand at hand as well as your honesty. Right, that's a very difficult line to walk. You know, it's like this tightrope walk that you're describing, which your audience really doesn't uh, know about. They see the perfection. They see the you know the colors on the screen and the lights and the camera and the action. But they don't yeah. know how much the mind has to be trained and tuned. No, and- but you know, but that's one thing that I love about audiences because I think audiences have this innate ability to recognize honesty, and the camera is this amazing magical man-made magical thing that is able to capture that honesty. That I find that I find amazing that you can't lie to the camera. Whatever you're doing over yeah. there, you have to, yeah, you have to be truthful in front of the camera. It always catches you. Yeah. So, so I feel, yeah, that's yeah. that's something that I feel. Even if you credit me with, like, if you say that DDLJ has run for these, you know, two thousand whatever weeks, I feel that they've it's run because all these people have made it. You know, all the people who are watching the film have made it their own. It's not because of us. We made a film and we kind of put it out there. Mm-hmm. But all these people who have watched it time and again, made their kids watch it, made their grandkids watch it. Um, you know, made it a family tradition. I know lots of people who actually come here and make Maratha Mandir a stopover. Actually, you know, oh, it's lovely. like it's become like yeah, it's actually become like a like a almost like you know Gateway of India and Maratha Mandir. So you have to do these. Sure. They, ye do cheese to karni hai Bombay mein. Huh? And it's it's actually that beautiful, you know. And then, like you yeah. said, over the years it turns into legend. It's something a grandparent gave a grandchild. Yeah, so I've had lots of people who come and told me our love stories began in the theater while we were watching your movie, and I feel that's one of the biggest compliments that I oh, can get. So beautiful, <laughs> that is so lovely. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let me ask you a, a slightly tougher question. Something which has played on my mind for a very long time. Again, as a psychologist, I come with this to you. I see a lot of children uh, of businessmen, industrialists who are second generation, third generation. born into money leading a lavish lifestyle and very unapologetically i'm not saying they're right or wrong but nobody points a finger at them on the other hand if there is a film star anybody in the movies whose child is living a particular lifestyle which again may not be right or wrong but they are constantly judged they're constantly judged very openly whether it is media social media anything how do you deal with that and how do you help your children deal with that you know kind of keeping their mental health strong it's it's really um you know it's really a catch 22 situation but the fact is that they have been dealing with it from the time they are kids mm-hmm. so in an odd strange way they kind of get used to it you know mm-hmm. and they're taught from the time that they're children that okay whenever you go out here you know this is going to happen you know that is going to happen they anticipate it predict it try to you know kind of um you know protect themselves in every which way that they can can't really do that much but how much ever they can and most importantly i think you at least that's what i have done with my kids i've told them that um, you know there are like 500 people who are telling you that it's all good and you're fine and there are three people who are standing up there and yelling and screaming and trolling you so uh the only thing that you can do is appreciate the fact that there are 500 people out there and there are three people out here so it's it's a disbalanced notion and i i believe that my children are intelligent enough of course it hurts i'm not saying it doesn't hurt it does hurt and it does uh, you know upset them with the trolling and you know 
the attention when it gets into a negative space. Hmm. Uh, but I think that that's something that again, that's something that you know that they have to they have to now they have to deal with it. There's no choice in the matter. So yeah, they're doing the best that they can, and that's all I can ask of them. Of course. Uh, do you have any memory that is, you know, one of your happiest career memories so far? I'm sure you've got a whole bucket load of them by now. But that one memory which always makes you smile. Oh, honestly, I have... Too many? Ah, too many, really, too many. I really have been blessed that way. But um, I have most of my career, I would say 90% of my career, I've worked with such amazing people. I've worked with such amazing people who are still my friends, even though I meet them once in maybe... You know, I haven't met some people forever. But whoever I've worked with, I've always had such a, you know, cool relationship with and such a nice, wonderful, warm working relationship with that uh, whenever I meet them till today, it's a Bazai Mustanbai for that matter. You know, the mm-hmm. directors of Bazigar or uh, or whoever I meet actually. All my directors, all my co-stars have been absolutely wonderful to work with. And uh, whether I meet them every day or I meet them once in seven years or once in eight years at a function somewhere or a party somewhere, I'm, I'm just constantly inundated with so much warmth and there is no one particular point in time in my career that I can say, oh, this stood out. I really can't say that because... <laughs> well, I think yeah, that's a good problem to just, have. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I have so much gratitude and I have so much love. Really, I'm genuinely blessed that, uh, you know, I have like, all the people that I like like me back at least. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of it, but all the people that I like like me back. <laughs> I, I think that works, yeah. That's a yeah. good equation to be in, yes. And it's very empowering. I've always found you to be very empowered with what you're doing, with your kind of work. You don't, uh, you know, you don't seem to be taking nonsense from anyone or giving nonsense to anyone either. You do your work, you let someone else do their work, you know. Everyone's happy. Exactly. And I think that's that, that's pretty much the rest of the world also. It's not me in particular, let me put it out there. <laughs> that it's, it's pretty much the rest of the world. I think 90% of the world does work like that. They all just want to go there, do their jobs and, you know, come back and, you know, live the rest of their lives. True. So yeah, that's me. So now uh, you see a lot of these younger actors coming in, doing very well, being one hit, uh, you know, one one film wonders. I think it's more common now because uh, attention span, like I said, has reduced dramatically. So we see a film or we see an actor, we applaud them and then they're just out of memory. Do you have any uh, advice on how to make it stick and how to last for decades in people's memories? I have no advice. The first piece of advice I will give everybody is please don't take anybody's advice. It is the worst thing in the world to be sitting over here and, you know, metting out advice also Mm -hmm. and taking advice also. I think if you follow your own path, do what you think is right without listening to all the 10,000 voices that are there on social media and otherwise, I think that, uh, you know, what your gut feels is the right thing for you to do is is probably something that you can live with. You should be able to live with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror every morning. I think that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest piece of advice anybody can give, really. Right, make the right choices and live with them. Not right choices, but make the choices that you can live with. Make the choices that are right for you. They may not be right for the rest of the world, but if they're right for you, make them so that you can face yourself in the mirror, you know, 10 years down the line and say that, okay, I did what I thought was right for me. Right. So, 
as long as everyone's following their gut, doing their, you know, at least making their own mistakes, living with their mistakes, and then going along their path and growing, it's all good. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many of us can actually say that we live without regret. But is there something that you wish somebody had told you early on in life, so that you didn't have to go down that path? No, I'm really happy. I have no regrets. I truly don't. Not because of anything else. Of course, I've made my mistakes and I've learned from my mistakes, and I'd I'd call them learning experiences more than mistakes, really. Um, but you know, I wouldn't be where I am today and who I am today if I didn't hadn't lived this life and done what I did. So no, no regrets at all. I wouldn't change one hair on my path to here. How lovely. So usually uh, when I do this podcast, I ask my guests if there is something that they'd like to ask me. So I throw the question open to you as well. Is there something that you'd like to ask me as a psychologist or in the mental health zone? Um, no questions really. But, uh, but I really hope that your podcast gets out there. And I hope that enough people listen to it to understand the importance of mental health. Um, because I think the first thing that... Uh, the the worst thing and the first thing that social media has taught us is to look at everybody else's lives and to compare ourselves to their photoshopped versions of it True. and that's not the truth that's really not the truth there is no perfect life there is no perfect person there is no perfect world and um, you know it's just how you see your world that matters whether you're, you know, looking at it with loving, kind, compassionate eyes or not. And that's where mental health comes in. So I'm really happy to be on this podcast with you. And uh, I really hope it reaches the right people. And I hope it reaches, you know, somebody who needs it. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of people have now started uh, looking at movies, looking at uh, even OTT platforms and gaining some kind of clarity in their mind through it. Because everyone's lost in their own way. Some people are lucky enough to find something, uh, you know, in celluloid which helps them. Some people um, are not. But I'm sure mm-hmm. someone will listen to this and know that, okay, they are not alone. And there's lots of help out there if it is needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your marriage. Now, I have known Mr. Devgan for a while now. I have mm. worked with him on our CPR campaign. And he has been exemplary in the way he has helped us take the word out there. You mm. have been associated with CPR yourself. Mm. And it's very rare that we come across celebrities, I'm being very candid with you, who yes, give so selflessly to a cause. There is always, you know, conditions apply. But with mm. you and with him, there's never been a condition apply. So it's, it's just been so magical. But how do you two do it? I mean, how are you so in tune with each other? And, you know, your value system is the same. It's just so beautiful. I mean, how do marriages <laughs> like this exist? There is no, again, I put it again out there that there is no perfect, there is no perfect anything. There is our idea of perfection is a subjective noun. It's subjective. It's completely subjective. Your idea of perfect is not my idea of perfect. My idea of perfect is not your idea of perfect. I stand corrected. Exactly. Um, So no, we are not perfect. Definitely. Uh, We, I think it's it's as far as causes are concerned we both believe that we need to return give back to society in every which way as much as we can and that's really where we are uh, you know we're on the same team as far as that is concerned and uh, yeah so that's the reason for us being there 
Well, so from all of us, a very big thank you. And uh, thank that, you so much. Uh, that's a wrap for this episode of Detangle. And Thanks. I would love to express my deepest gratitude to you for sharing all your thoughts and experiences. You know, in the world of movies, the story doesn't truly really end. It always lingers in our thoughts and feelings. I encourage all my listeners to keep exploring the psychological layers of the films that they love. And remember, the screen may fade, but the impact can last a lifetime. Thank you so much, Kajol, for leaving such a lasting and beautiful impact through your movies and all the characters that you play. My pleasure, Kinshan. My pleasure, Kinshan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.